Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Well, some but not all Premier League uh, teams returned to action over the weekend following the passing of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, of course. But as the official mourning period comes to an end for her, uh, life and football returns as we pretty much know it. And closer to home, the All Whites are preparing for their long-awaited two-match series against Australia's Socceroos this Thursday and Sunday. Of course, Sunday being the second part of a massive doubleheader at Eden Park, and tickets are still available for that. Uh, joining us now is uh, SENZ's very own football guru, Ricardo Ball. Ricardo, good morning to you. Yeah, morning, Smithy. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, before we get on to football as such, let's talk about uh, time-wasting, etc. In uh, football, we see a little bit of it, but referees are still the yeah. sole judge of time, aren't they, in terms of whilst they hold up these uh, little signs on the, on the sideline to say we'll have four minutes of added time whatsoever... Referee still has discretion within that period? Yeah, correct, yeah. So the, the, the number that gets held up on the sideline that you mentioned is the minimum amount of added time, and then the referee can add on top of that. So uh, generally speaking, you know, they'll stop for injuries. Uh, they will also add 30 seconds for every substitution. And, um, yeah, the referees, you know, that's why sometimes you'll see fans complain. Like, you know, the board said four minutes, and they end up playing eight minutes because... One team is trying to waste time and the referee is adding that time on. Yeah, interesting, actually. Every sport is a different way of dealing with it in terms of cricket, of course. They punish. They punish with uh, fines and uh, overrate suspensions. And they're going to, my understanding is uh, in in months to come, they're going to experiment with having players who are outside the circle to protect boundaries being brought in. So it makes it harder on the bowling side and they're the ones punished because of their slow overrates. So I don't mind that at all. We'll see how that plays out. But let's get back to football in particular. Uh, of the sides that uh, did manage to get some action over the weekend, Tottenham blew the doors off uh, 6-2 with a win against Leicester City, who are really struggling to start the season. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're hopeless at the back at the moment for some reason. Uh, they're really open in midfield as well, and, it, and it's hard to see why. Something... Uh, is, is going on that we don't know about, I think, uh, behind the scenes. And I, to be honest, I'd be surprised if Brendan Rodgers survives this international window. Um, I think the only thing holding them back from sacking Brendan Rodgers is how much it'll cost them. Um, so Leicester, it appears, uh, are having issues with financial fair play, uh, which is uh, part of the reason they didn't bring anybody in um, for a long time in the, in the transfer window just gone. They ended up selling for Fana. Um, and that was about all the business they did, and uh, they, they brought in 70 million. But uh, they had a very full squad, so they didn't have room to bring anybody in. They needed to ship people out to bring people in, and the people that they wanted to, uh, you know, that they wanted to ship out, they didn't have buyers for, and the people they wanted to keep, they did. And I think it was a bit of a, an arm wrestle, a bit of a battle there. I, 
I don't think Brendan Rodgers is particularly happy about that. So, yeah, it's an interesting one because the, the interesting thing, Smithy, is you know Spurs going forward, um, they started with Richarlison and Kulisevsky either side of Harry Kane. Um, and they look great going forward. They brought on Son, who scored the hat-trick as well off the bench. But Spurs actually didn't play very well. I, I know it sounds weird to say when you when you, you talk about a team winning 6-2, but they just didn't play very well. Uh, you know, it was 2 all for a long time, and at, at one point, you know, Spurs had gone 3-2 up. Leicester could have got a third goal. But while they were pushing, they just left themselves so open. It was very unleashed, like very un-Brendan Rodgers-like, and... You know, uh, Spurs were able to just hit them on the counter again and again and again. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think Brendan Rodgers' time at Leicester is fast coming to an end. Man City and Arsenal both with uh, three nil wins over Wolves and Brentford, respectively. And uh, with Spurs, they round out the, the top three. Mm, yeah, and Arsenal continue to impress, you know, under my... Mikel Arteta, um, he's got them playing a, a very good brand of football. Um, they, I, I, I do worry about them long-term in terms of their depth in midfield. I think they, they'll, they'll have issues there and they'll probably look to do something in January, potentially. But I, I think uh, you know, things are, all, all signs are looking good. They've got a good centre-back partnership now uh, with um, Gabriel, the Brazilian, and um, Saliba, the, the Frenchman. Uh, very young, he's only 22, but he, he looks a, a good player. Um, they've managed to add depth to their fullback ranks, so that's looking good. They've got options there, uh, and Martinelli is playing very well. Saka is, is you know, a great option off the bench. Um, they've got Odegaard, um, who I think has been one of the most important players in midfield. He can play either as an eight or he can play behind the striker as a ten. And then I think the final piece of the puzzle, something that's been missing for a while, is Gabriel Jesus, uh, an out-and-out nine who will close, who will do all the running, uh, and has great finishing ability. And uh, yeah, Arsenal are looking very good, top of the table at the moment. And, you know, when you consider Smithy last season, you know, they lost their first three games of the season. They they were zero points. They were in 20th place. Mm. And, you know, there were people, Arsenal fans, calling for Mikel Arteta to get the sack and for them to do something else. Um, so I think how he's turned that team around in a year is it's super impressive. All right, let's uh, look at uh, a couple of uh, matches that were postponed, uh, including Chelsea and Liverpool and Manu and Leeds, for, believe it or not, the police shortages, shortages during to the nation's mourning period. They'll get those games back, surely. Well, they will. It's just a matter of when. Um, the, it won't be this side of the World Cup, I don't think. Uh, because if you look at those sides, you know, they're all involved in Europe. So pretty much once this international window is done, they will be playing, you know, every uh, twice a week. They will be playing weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, right through to the World Cup, um, which I think they, the leagues break around November the 8th, November the 10th for that. So it's not a lot of time. So they won't fit them in this side. So it'll have to be post-World Cup. But it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because the calendar is so full because of the World Cup that um, they've really left themselves in a predicament. And I do wonder why... I mean, I know they've said that police resources, but I, do, I did wonder why the initial round um, was postponed when they postponed that first round. Because the government, the UK government, had said to them that they were they were free to, to go ahead with their program to play. Um, so the FA themselves have caused themselves a real headache by postponing that round, um, and then you get the knock-on effect of another three games being postponed this round. All of a sudden, you know you've got 13 games that you need to look to make up in a truncated season that's six weeks shorter than it normally is. So, yeah, I think. Um, 
you know, Smitty, no disrespect to the Queen, but she was a 96-year-old woman. Surely if you were running things at the EFA, at the Premier League, you have a contingency plan for when she does pass away and you know how you're going to handle it. But they were having emergency meetings left, right and centre. It was like they hadn't even considered it was a possibility. So I think administratively there are some big questions to be asked about the EFA and about the EPL. I agree. And Peter Crouch summed it up. Um, and I, I saw an article where he said, listen, why? Why have you stopped playing football? Because here we have the nation's game. Uh, it's the best supported game in England. Um, there is the opportunity for every game and every fan in a very public scene to be able to uh, acknowledge and respect and pay tribute to the Queen with uh, black armbands, with um, you know minutes of silence, with rounds of rapturous applause, etc. Could have done it, um, and it would have been spectacular at every ground. And I think Peter Crouch is spot on there. Yeah, well, I think so. And you know, you, you know how tribal sport is, particularly football in the UK, Smitty. I mean, what an opportunity that would have been to actually bring those fans together, you know, for, mm. for, for, for something, you know. Um, mourning doesn't mean that you have to sit on your bum and do nothing. Um, and I've talked to a couple of friends over in the UK and they said it's almost, it feels like it's been forced on them. Um, you didn't have any options. You didn't have any, any opportunity to do anything else. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, even you go back and you look at the last president, and I know this was some time ago, but I was reading about uh, when uh, Queen Elizabeth II's father passed away, which I think was 1953. Uh, you know, three days later, there was a full, uh, full programme of football. Um, so mm. there was a precedent for them to go ahead and do it. And, yeah, like I say, they've, they've caused themselves a headache. And who's going to ultimately pay that price is the players, because they're the ones that are going to end up probably at some point having to play maybe four games in eight days. Right, OK, uh, let's uh, look at what's coming up at home, and it is exciting, and in Brisbane, of course, on Thursday, and that, the All-Whites uh, against the Socceroos. It marks 100 years since the first Trans-Tasman clash in 1922. Uh, this is, I, I think this is going to be outstanding, and, and what else is added to this, of course, well, is the fact that uh, Winston Reid is saying goodbye, and we're saying goodbye to him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that Winston Reid has only got 32 caps for the All-Whites, you know. I mean, um, uh, it says a bit about how many games the All-Whites have played, but it also says a lot about his injury record. You know, um, when he when he got that injury at West Ham, it really took him a long time to recover. He kept getting setbacks and things. So, um, yeah, it's great to see him go out here at home at Eden Park in front of what will hopefully be a sellout crowd. I, last I heard, they had they'd sold, I think, 25,000 tickets. It was yesterday, so... Eden Park, it's going to have a great crowd in it and it's going to be a, a fantastic occasion, you know, and Smitty, you know we look at the Bledisloe Cuppers this weekend um, we also have you know, the Chapel Hadley series, you know why aren't we playing Australia more in football? Uh, they're right there we have these six international windows every year where you can organise international games, not all of those windows are going to be full of qualifying games, there is room for friendlies and at the moment, you know, I think the teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, you could argue that, talking to John Davidson, who's an Australian uh, journalist working in the UK, he covers uh, Super League for, for back in Australia, and he also follows the English, uh, the Australian footballers playing in the UK. You know, and he said last night when we were talking that if you put these teams together on paper, he said New Zealand probably have a slightly better side and uh, you know guys playing in, in better leagues and I think the big difference maker could be Chris Wood up front because 
that's really where the Australians lack at the moment. They don't have a Viduka or a Kuehl. They don't have a Cahill. They don't have someone putting the ball in the back of the net for them at, on a regular basis at the moment. So I think Chris Wood could be a difference maker. And I think um, the, the two intriguing ties, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these games play out and you know just how uh, what the intensity is. I mean, you've got to remember that Australia are going to a World Cup and they've, they've selected a, uh, an extra large squad so that Graham... Arnold can look at players, so there are World Cup spots on the line for these Aussies. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a great matchup. Mate, really looking forward to it, and you know, hopefully Winston Reid gets sent off with a win at Eden Park on Sunday. I thought you were going to say, hopefully he gets sent off there for a second. I was going to say, <laughs> Ricardo. Uh, here's, here's another little scenario, another side issue here. A couple of good results for the All Whites. Uh, would be very interesting in terms of where Danny Hay sits with contract renewals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if he if he can get positive results here, you know, puts him in the box seat. I know Danny has been critical of um, a lack of foresight and forward planning from New Zealand football for the All Whites. Uh, I think at this stage, obviously, when the leagues all um, suspend for the World Cup, there's about a ten day, two week window when that happens to the World Cup kicking off. So there's opportunities to play some games there. And at this stage, as far as I understand it, uh, the All Whites don't have any. Um, and, you know, you're talking about the, the opportunity to be playing, for example, teams in Australia's group who want to play teams that play a similar style, and we will play a similar style to them. So, you know, there's opportunities for New Zealand to potentially play the Danish or play the French or someone like that in a, um, in a, in a World Cup uh, warm-up game. And at this stage, those things aren't there. So if Danny Hay can get a couple of decent results against the Aussies, I think it puts him in the box seat. Um, I think it would be a massive mistake if New Zealand football let Danny Hay walk away from this team because I think he's built it really, really well. He's put his own um, stamp on it. Uh, They're playing a a very good brand of football. They're able to, to adjust. They're able to pivot and play different ways for different occasions and uh, I think he's a really clever manager and losing him would be uh, would be terrible at this point in time given what he's built and given that you know next come next World Cup Oceania has a direct um, uh, qualification so you know we win Oceania we're in the World Cup we don't have to have a playoff and uh, surely that uh, is worth investing in and, you know, giving Danny Hay what he wants to get your whites to the biggest stage of all again. Ricardo, we're doing a, a Mount Rushmore today and, you know, that, well, that's all about your top... Well, this is our top four sporting arenas um, that we've uh, experienced or um, uh, our preferred options. Uh, you, Old Trafford, one, two, three or four, or uh, have you got someone else in, or somewhere else in mind? Well, I mean, I haven't been there, to be to be fair, but there's a couple that I've always wanted to go to and I think are, are very storied and, and deserve conversation. Um, one of those is the Maracana in Brazil. Um, holds over 100,000 people. Uh, it was built, I think, for the 19, 1950 World Cup, from memory. Um, it was a, a colossus of a stadium. They rebuilt it for the last World Cup that they had in Brazil as well. So I think the Maracana um, deserves to be in there. And the other one, which is an absolute theatre, and a mate of mine was there recently, actually, he did a tour, posted a lot of photos, posted some video, uh, and that is the San Siro in um, Milan, where AC Milan and International play. Um, fantastic stadium, it's hosted World Cup final, it's hosted European Cup finals, it's, of course, hosted week in, week out, two of the greatest sides of Italian football, so I think those two definitely have to be in the conversation. 
Ricardo Ball, as always, uh, fantastic to catch up with you. I imagine you're on deck in some capacity on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to be there uh, as MC slash ground announcer for New Zealand football at Eden Park. So I'll be there, mate, working. Uh, really, it's just an opportunity to get a free ticket, right? I mean, I'll do it for nothing, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> that, does that mean you're splashing out with your very best black T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, mate, I'll, I might even iron it. Might even iron it. <laughs> Ricardo, you're a legend. Thank you very much for your time, mate, uh, looking at, at uh, football around the world. Cheers. Uh, enjoy Sunday in particular. I know uh, you, you've been waiting for it for a long time. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Smithy. Will do. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.